welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. And welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, as always, as we roll into springtime here in the next few weeks. And uh, good luck to, you know, those getting back on the ice and, and obviously looking to compete in a playoff run soon. And I think given the time of year we're, we're heading into, today's episode could not come at a better time. Playoff season, championship season is upon us, and uh, this is where careers are made. And we get a, we got a great guest and a great episode today, uh, you know, for, for, for you guys to put you in the playoff mindset and show everyone what it really takes you know, to win championships and go the distance in the postseason. And I figured today would be an excellent time to finally have an old friend of mine and one of the best coaches, you know, ever had the privilege of playing for winning a BCHL and Western Canada Cup regional championship together, as well as making an RBC Cup semifinal appearance. And that guest is Matt Earhart. And Matt and I go way back uh, to our run together back with the Surrey Eagles and the BCHL in 2012-13. And we break down our journey leading up to each other our journey together going from near last to first place and then storming the playoffs winning the bchl championship the inaugural western canada cup regional championship as well uh, and as well as making a rbc semi uh, semi-final appearance and we break down exactly why matt was interested in recruiting me initially even even given my small size and in, in you know sort of the jaguar era uh, how the season unfolded slowly, providing tons of interesting stories along the way, and then breaking down the magic moments leading up to our, our league championship win in double overtime against the defending national champs, uh, Penticton V's on the road in their building in front of 3,000 people. And we dive into what separated our team and our players from everyone else uh, that year and as we progressed. The one thing that coaches at the next level look for in goalies when they're recruiting them and the skills necessary to persevere and win a championship. And uh, this one was was super fun, man. This one was filled with good times and drama as well, but nonetheless filled with good content and, and really showing you guys, you know, what went through our heads and, and how we brought it all together. And, uh, you know, it was awesome to have Matt on. Amazing guy. You know, him and I have uh, been on and off connecting over the years. But uh, obviously, we've, we built memories together along with the other guys in our team that will last a lifetime, right? So even a more amazing coach and player when he played, uh, he's, the only, uh, he's the only person to ever win the BCHL as a player and, uh, and as a coach. Um, and anyone... Uh, uh, a national championship as well in, in uh, 1998. So make sure to stick around. You know, Matt's a winner, man. The guy just wins. He knows how to win. He knows how to get it done, man. And, and it was so cool to meet him and be be a part of, uh, you know, get to share our journey together. But but make sure to stick around all the way to the end of the episode to catch, you know, all the, all the championship hacks, really, that we have for you guys today uh, to hopefully harness a championship yourself this upcoming postseason. So, and for this week, we're going to skip the promotion for you guys. You know, we like to give you a break here and there and get right into the content today. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Matt and I had today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show, I have a special guest. And of course, we have great guests on the show. Uh, but today I have an old close friend of mine and one of the greatest coaches I ever had the privilege of being coached by. And that's my old coach from the from the Surrey Eagles and the BCHL when we went all the way to the RBC Cup in 2013. 
Matt Earhart. And although Matt and I are close, he was incredibly standoutish in his career, uh, both as an athlete winning the BCHL and the RBC Canadian Junior National Championship in 1998 before moving on to eventually be named uh, the captain of the NCAA D1 Quinnipiac Bobcats, where he led them to their first NCAA tournament berth. And as a coach as well, becoming the first coach in BCHL history to win the league as a player and as a coach uh, when we won it in 2013. And then moved on to be the assistant coach as well as a short interim stint as the head coach of the Vancouver Giants in the WHL uh, until 2015. And since then, he's coached some of the top academy programs British Columbia has to offer in arguably all of North America. And as of recently, was named the head of player development alongside uh, business partner Shane Coos for one of the best minor hockey programs in British Columbia, Semiamu Minor Hockey in South Surrey. And he also runs one of the top uh, spring hockey programs in BC, the BC Blackhawks, as well as uh, a bunch of summer hockey schools as well. And is still very active in the hockey industry. However, boy, you know, do we have a lot to go over today? Super pumped to introduce him and couldn't be happier to, to reconnect today. Uh, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for uh, having me, Mike, and uh, it'll be uh, great to catch up today. Yeah, well, uh, amazing to reconnect, man. Uh, you know, although we're not uh, together anymore from when we won the, the BCHL championship, I know these these moments and uh, those moments in those years live on in all of us as some of the most special moments, you know, we all get to, to be a part of in our career. So, uh, you know, but it just been wanting to do this episode uh, for a while, man, because that year you and I met was uh, one of the craziest uh, you know, 12, 14 months of hockey I've, I've ever been a part of, but you were just such a big part of my story and giving me an opportunity to to come play in Surrey. And, and I was always so grateful for that because, uh, you know, things ended up clicking so well. And I think I, I speak for everyone when I say that, you know, it couldn't have, couldn't have been a better fit coming to Surrey when I did, despite the circumstances for myself and the team. So just want to say I'm grateful for, for the opportunity, Matt. And, and looking back, it wouldn't have wanted to go any other way, man. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, well, we'll probably get into it more, uh, later in the in the podcast but uh, just uh kind of worked out well for everybody involved for that one one 12 month stretch uh it was kind of a probably a rocky start for both of us um the team <laughs> the team and just you not knowing or not getting the opportunity but uh like uh, all, all the things happened for a reason so it was kind of uh glad we can uh, reconnect and uh kind of talk about those times for sure yeah. Yeah. Well, I know uh, following our time together, you wanted, you went on to continue with uh, a successful coaching career with some of the, you know, the biggest programs in the province. And we're going to dive into to all the development stuff, but I want to, uh, I want to use this episode really to, to inspire, you know, as many goalies as I can out there. So, so Maddie, we got to inspire the people today. You ready, pal? That's sounds good. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody needs an inspiration and a chance, right? Sometimes people just need the chance to, to prove, prove what they can do. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, obviously everybody has their own path, but it's, uh, definitely, uh, definitely here to inspire along with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into it. I, you know, and I mentioned you did some uh, amazing things during your time playing, but, but why don't you just share your, your brief story with everyone and how we got to where we are today? Yeah. I mean, I was what you would call probably a late bloomer in terms of hockey playing, uh, December birthday, pretty late developing in terms of especially physically um always could skate pretty good and could think the game pretty well but uh yeah. it took me uh took me a little time to catch up to other people 
physically. And, you know, for that point, I, I, I was playing midget hockey at 17, played junior B at 18. And for most people, that's kind of the, you know, you're probably not looking to a college career uh, when you're 18 yeah. playing junior B and just, <laughs> just kind of everything kind of clicked uh, physically kind of filled out a little bit and got an opportunity to actually play some affiliate games with uh, Chilliwack uh, at the time in the BCHL. And that summer had a choice, uh, Surrey and Chilliwack to see where I was going to try to, you know, hopefully play junior A the next year and, and uh, you know, made it onto the Surrey team, which happened to be a, you know, a pretty, pretty loaded lineup and kind of took that as a, a real big development year for myself to, not only to play on a good team, but just to learn from a lot of good players. Um, yeah. Even though I was 19, I was, I was a rookie and, and again, not too many 19 year old rookies playing junior. <laughs> I, I think so, I was, wasn't yeah, I? <laughs> I think you were too. So, and, and, uh, and, you know, I just took that year as a real big learning year. We ended up winning the RBC. So the experience on the hockey side of things was, was excellent. And, and most of those players, you know, ahead of me at the time all moved on to, to bigger opportunities and kind of the following year had a, you know, the, an opportunity early in the season to kind of prove my worth with everybody else yeah. kind of gone and got an opportunity uh, from coach Mark Hollick and, and uh, kind of ran with it. And I think three months later I had a scholarship. I got off to a huge start and kind of just, uh, you know, took me right to my scholarship, right to college. And, you know, college was Quinnipiac at the time was a, I think it was a second year playing division one hockey so yeah. there was a lot of upperclassmen that weren't division one recruits. So going there for myself was a great opportunity because I got an opportunity to play right away. And, yeah. you know, again, was given time on the power play as a freshman defenseman, which doesn't really happen too often. And, and, uh, I guess made the most of it and kind of held that role for four years there and, and, uh, had some success and, you know, and, you know, for me, I, was hoping to play pro hockey after, after my college career, unfortunately hurt my knee that summer pretty bad. Um, you know, going into some opportunities, uh, not sure exactly where I would have ended up, but, yeah. uh, you know, I would have had some opportunities to play and I just started coaching right away, actually just locally and with my minor hockey, South Delta minor hockey and kind of mm -hmm. got the bug and, and, uh, you know, just started coaching and kind of put, playing behind me right away and, and got into coaching peewees and bantams and kind of working my way up and all the way up to junior. Now I've kind of worked my way back down and doing the minor hockey again. So it's kind of been a full kind of full circle in terms of the coaching aspect, obviously a lot more now than I did when I first started, but uh, kind of always thought of myself as a kind of a smart player. So it was kind of, I think an yeah. easy transition to, I thought a coaching for sure. Something yeah. in the game of hockey was going to be there when I was, when I was done playing. Yeah, well, you, uh, I mean, I remember if you remember, we, <laughs> you were like the, the GM king man of, of like North America between, uh, I think it was like all three years you're in Surrey, you guys started the year like, okay, and then you made it all the way to like the conference final every year. And then the, the year we finally made, but I remember, I remember we were, uh, we had like a fantasy hockey team uh, thing going on in our team at the time too. You remember oh, yeah. some one of those fantasy hockey and you're, you're killing everybody. You're killing all of us. You're like the master GM man. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, I, it's one of those things. I think you really got to see your team when you, after you kind of recruit your teams in those leagues, you, you have an idea of how players are going to fit. And then you got to kind yeah. of adapt on the fly. And, and obviously, uh, 
you know, find out which players, I mean, in Surrey, people that don't know, it's, it's a bigger size, almost Olympic size ice rink. So some players that may not be, you know, successful in certain, in certain rinks, uh, can have success there. Um, and just kind of building that team from goalie on to a very mobile defense, probably maybe a little bit ahead of the time in terms of like our defense wasn't, we had some big players back there, but in general, it was, it was built on speed, kind of how the game's played now and, you know, gave us an opportunity to kind of find the players that could fit into the way we wanted to play. And, and, uh, we had a couple of good runs and obviously the third year was the best year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you, uh, you took the, you took the baton and you ran on with it to, to the WHL it was sick, man. But, um, you know, but diving into your, your BCHL championship and, and your RBC cup, obviously those are, you know, amazing feats and congrats on those, man. But maybe you can just share a, you know, a bit with us sort of the, the magic from that season and, you know, how that team felt and, and how that run was, you know, winning it all. Well, it's funny when I joined the team, the, the year before they actually went to the RBC uh, with Scott Gomez's team, they lost in the finals. Ironically, it was in Summerside where we went oh, as no well. Way. Yeah, yeah, small oh. world. And uh, <laughs> so the, the next year, uh, a lot of the top players actually left and they, they weren't quite sure, you know, how, how the team was going to be. And then kind of got off to a pretty good start. A couple of players that weren't going to come back did come back as 20 year olds. And yeah. it was, you know, we didn't, we weren't right off the hop, the best team, but we were right at the top. And then just kind of that second half of the year, quite similar to our year. It was kind of, we just had that mentality and a bit of a swagger that we never really thought we were going to lose. It was kind yeah. of, a, and that just kind of carried on. And, and we, I mean, we had some really high end players on that team. So it was kind of, yeah. you know, we could score a lot and we were deep in all positions as you need to be in a championship team. But yeah, for it sure. was, uh, it was very much the same in when we had almost where you showed up at the rink expecting to win because we just all really had a good kind of chemistry and, and everybody yeah. kind of knew their role and accepted their role and mm -hmm. tried to be the best in their role. And, and, uh, you know, I think it was, it was really just, a, you know, winning is so hard that it was, you know, it was kind of look back after the fact and be like, Oh, that was, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. Well, you, you went on to play four years at Quinnipiac. Um, and I believe those were the first, you mentioned the first several years of the program as well. The first two years. Um, you, but you were named your captain, uh, you were named captain of the team, your senior year, and you brought your team to the first NCAA sweet 16 tournament berth, but maybe just detail to, to everyone, the kind of work that, that went on trying to build that program up over, you know, such a short period of time, really. And then being able to eventually compete so quickly on a national stage, like, what do you think contributed so much to your, your team success? Yeah, I think we, like, we had a lot of older freshmen on that team the first few years. And I, kind you, of you guys, you guys were the dawn of the older freshmen. Was that, is yeah, me. like we were kind of like the, you know, guys that maybe got looked over or players like in my case that were kind of late bloomers and kind of had something yeah. to prove. We had a lot of players that I think had something to prove and we kind of just came together and, you know, the coaching staff there, looking back, it was, was first class. Like we ran Pecknold was the head coach then, still is now at yeah. uh, Quinnipiac. So he's obviously had a legacy there of, of success. Mm -hmm. um, the assistant coaches that I know have both been on your show before, Ben Ben Sire and Kyle Wallach were there and they did a great job kind of recruiting oh, yeah. and, and kind of building that team chemistry 
uh, on that team and, and got a lot of players kind of at the same time that really kind of gelled together and, and played yeah. in what is now the Atlanta hockey. We kind of knew that we, if we could win our division, we get a, we'd get a berth there. And I think it was my junior year. We were able to, to finally win the playoffs and, and, uh, yeah. and get, uh, you know, get that experience. It was a quick experience. I think Cornell beat us pretty handily in that game, one game, but, uh, yeah. you know, it was still getting there and being the first ones in the program. They've obviously since been back to two frozen four finals, oh, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it was kind of nice to be kind of those foundation steps of that program, being oh, yeah. part of being part of it. And, and obviously it, uh, you know, it was, uh, again, uh, lucky to be around some, some winning programs in my time as a player and as a, as a coach. So it was, kind of fun to be around as well yeah no man and uh, obviously you you it seems it sounds like you know you kind of were the the first building block and in, in those years that you were there with building up Quinnipiac to a program that's obviously known on on, on a national stage now and oftentimes is you know top 15 in, in the country right um but then I I think uh you know after college right you just you said you ran into a, a knee injury which is unfortunate but um, several years after retiring, you decided to get into coaching finally. And, and within a few years of starting your coaching career, along comes, you know, fast forward, I guess, 2012, 13. And, and that's the year you and I met. So this is where the fun starts and let's dive into it. So leading up to that spring, um, did you know you were going to be looking for a goalie going into the fall? Yeah, I mean, we basically, you know, the one year we had uh, a Quebec League goalie that came um, after the 20-year-old Carell. Uh, St. Laurent, who actually played a little bit of pro, and I think he went to McGill uh, and played there, and and kind of just you know just looked for a goalie that could could lead the way uh, for us because mm-hmm. we, like I said, had you know we had some young good goalies kind of in in the pipeline. So we had another goalie like with Carell. We had Andrew Hunt, who was a local Surrey kid, and ended up being the starter yeah. the following year. Went on to Clarkson, kind of bounced around a bit. Um, I mean, then we had another young goalie, Glenn Ferguson, who I kind of penciled in as the backup, another local kid, just trying to, you know, develop the players and locally in the, in the program. And, uh, thought we had a line on the, on a goalie and it just didn't work out at the start of the year. So, I mean, at at the time, some of our connections, who I talked about earlier, Ben, Ben and Kyle, I always kind of leaned on them for, you know, names and players to watch out for and, and uh, kind of got me connected with you just as a, you know, if things don't, don't work out, probably maybe here's an option. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of went, didn't pursue it too much further. Cause I knew you had, uh, you know, your dreams of playing the USHL and kind of proving yourself there. So, you yeah, know, we yeah. went, uh, went looking for a goalie and, and uh, had a couple goalies early in the year playing for us and the success wasn't quite there as a team. And, and uh, then kind of really said, hey, we I think we need better goaltending if we want to be a good team this year. So kind of was on the lookout uh, probably a week or two before we even got there. Just kind of not just to grab anybody, but try to grab grab the right the right goalie, not have a situation where you're going through six, seven, eight goalies in a year, but kind of well, trying to find trying to find that one where it's like okay, this is it. So, well, it happens a lot more often than uh, people would like. I think I. Eh? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot. There are a lot of quick fixes for coaches. Sometimes they think goalie, I'd get a goalie, and you know he plays good for two weeks, and then you know maybe doesn't fit, and then they go to the next guy yeah. and whatever. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, regarding that, I mean, I remember at the time it was, it was, you know, I, I think it was not necessarily like, oh, it was, it was like my dream. It was more about like I had, I felt like I had to do that. You know what I mean? Because everybody constantly was like, oh, you know, like I, when I did it in prep school, like I had, had, you know, good tenure in prep school, really good numbers there. Right. And even then they're like, oh, we want to see you do it in junior. So I'm like, okay, in my head, I got to go play in the best league in North America. So they can't say that to me anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why I did that. But for you, were you kind of like upset when I said that, that I was going to pursue the USHL opportunity? No, I mean, if, because you're playing prep school in the States, even though you're a Canadian, I, I felt like that's kind of like I didn't know your mindset, but I was feeling like, hey, you're you're playing hockey in the U.S. That's probably that is the highest league you could play at. So I, right. I kind of knew, like, it wasn't like to me you're choosing them over us or that right. league over this league. I think it was just like you said, trying to prove it against your peers in that, you know, in that country of whatever I can play. I'll prove these guys. Um, you know, so I mean, that being said, I was, you know, I think I was watching the. USHL fall classic at the time to see how you're doing. And, and I, I remember watching a couple of your games. I'm like, I don't think he's coming, coming back, coming this way. Cause I think, <laughs> and I was watching it uh, just on the computer at the time and just be like, ah, I'm probably going to be sticking after those, those couple games. And then when I found out you weren't, it was, it was, I was pretty quick to jump on. Hey, how quickly can you get here? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, now fast forward into the fall. Right. And, uh, it, it was, it, you know, I did the way everything worked out there. I think it was good, man. It was, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it humbled me a bit, even though it was a political thing, but it made me like play with even more fire than I had. And then, you know, coming to Surrey, man, it just, uh, you know, I, I felt like I, I played with a chip on my shoulder, like I had something to prove, you know what I mean? So, but I remember when I got cut and, and, you know, I was, I was looking for a spot, right. And, um, I was literally on the plane, like you and I spoke, I think it was like late morning or like early afternoon. I was on the plane, like the next morning at 7am. But, you know, when I was kind of coming to Surrey and you said you were leaning on like Kyle Wallach and, and Ben Sire, but, you know, what was it, what was it initially motivated you to, to, to pursue signing me, even given my size and kind of all these sub variables that traditionally people didn't like around that time, you know, about 10 years ago, right? Like the small goalie was really taboo then. Yeah. To be honest, I look at save percentage. <laughs> like I remember looking <laughs> at your numbers, uh, talking to your prep school coach and the success you had there with your save percentage. I know there other, everything I looked, your save percentage was always high. I'm like, I don't really care how big the guy is. If he's stopping like 93% of the shots, he's, it's good enough for me. Like that's, yeah, uh, yeah. so, I mean, it's obviously you take a bit of a chance when, you know, the other play, no one else had seen you except me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm bringing a new goalie in and you show up and they're like, Oh, he's not very big. Eh? And like, no, <laughs> Everybody's I know. Probably nervous, yeah. Right? A little bit, I'm sure it's a little bit of nervous. And I think at the time there was a, I want to say there was a lockout and uh, no, there was, and, there and was, I, that's oh, what happened to me in the USHL was yeah. guy came down and he was like, I, I had, I played really well. Right. And then, basically they cut a kid they drafted over me, but then like a week later, some kid, some Chicago draft kid, uh, he was drafted by Chicago, played in the OHL, like aged out, was supposed to go play in Europe. And then they just signed him. And like, it, it was before the fall classic weekend. I knew I was done before the weekend yeah. even came out. Okay. I'm done. Like, yeah, I think that's probably why I was watching. I think I had an inkling that something was happening. I saw they'd sign another goalie or something. That's yeah. kind of why I was, I think remembering back now, I think that's why. It happened, but I remember we had a couple NHL guys skating with us at the time. Uh, 
think Colton Gillies was there and stuff. And, oh, yeah. and, and uh, I remember after the first practice, he, he came up to me and I didn't know what he was going to say. He goes, I think that goalie's going to win you a lot of games. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's good to hear from a, from a pro player that, you know, the, the size doesn't matter. He's stopping the puck. Right. So it kind of <laughs> yeah. just, it kind of just, it kind of just went from there to be honest. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I, I forgot about Gillies, eh? but he, yeah. he was a good guy, man. I, I, I remember we were playing, we'd be playing rebound like right when I got there and he'd be like throwing his stick and stuff. Cause he's like, I can't score on this kid. And I was just dying, man. Yeah. He, we ended up becoming pretty good friends, but, uh, he actually ended up having a pretty good career, man. But uh, yeah, actually, I, I saw him at the rink uh, about two weeks ago. He's done playing. Oh, now. did you yeah, really? He's actually, yeah, he's actually started to do some coaching again locally too. So he's done. done Is he still playing, playing or he retired? No, I think he's done now. He had some injuries and he was playing in the KHL and then cut last and kind of done now. So um, yeah, he was yeah. going for a while, man. Yeah, he had a pretty quite, highly touted too. Eh? Yeah, big guy, skated well, had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. Well, I guess uh, you know fast forwarding a bit to when I got in there that, and then that 18 hour travel day and then Chevy picked me up at night. It was like 12 at night. And then I remember you told me like uh, stay at home Wednesday because the other goalie was, was still there. You guys had to still release him. So we practiced Thursday, our first practice. And then Friday was our first game against Coquitlam and they were like nine, two and one at the time. And we were like, you know, four, eight and one or something like that. Like we were like in the in the bottom third. Yeah, it standing. was, it was definitely almost first versus, I don't know if we were last at the time, but we were definitely, we're... definitely near there. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> it was kind of like we couldn't score. Like we, we, it was one of those things I actually thought we were playing okay, but we, yeah. we couldn't, we just didn't have the, the high end goal scorers at yeah. the time. And the guys that, you know, later would score just to had you know, bad starts. And then, Yep. goaltending was just not up to par to to win hockey games right and i mean yeah so consistently that's for sure so we kind of yeah. you kind of addressed both those needs as the year went on but yeah it was it was kind of a bit of a turning point because that first game i think we were on the road in in coquitlam which is not an easy place to play it's almost the exact yeah. opposite small, yeah. exact opposite of our rink where it's a little narrower <laughs> and small and, and like you said they had a lot of high-end skill on their team so yeah it was kind of one of those ones where, you know, we're probably going to get outshot, but let's see, let's see how it goes tonight. And I think I two, one or something like that. And yeah. Yeah. They pumped us with shots. Yeah. I think they outshot us like 40 to 22 or something. Like yeah. That. It was, it was uh, pretty much two to one. I remember your first star and, <laughs> and uh, I just said, well, let's hope this isn't uh one night. I said to, Peter, I hope this isn't just a one night thing. Hopefully, this is start of something good here. Yeah, yeah, and, Schaefer there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh man, so. I haven't uh, haven't brought his name up in a while. Well, I guess, uh, like, wh- why do you think I got? You know, you talk about you weren't able to score. You know, and then we kind of I came in, and then we still were able to kind of squeeze that game out. Um, but why do you think? Like, do you think we were all of a sudden successful that night just because I was kind of willing to make a lot of saves that maybe I shouldn't have made, kind of thing? Yeah, I think it was. I remember you making a few saves real early where our confidence as a team wasn't high at the time. And, yeah. and it kind of gave us a little bit of confidence, uh, even though we got out played no shot that game. I think it was kind of a like, okay, maybe we can take a few more chances because this guy seems to be making the saves instead yeah, of yeah. trying to, trying to win like two, one or one, nothing <laughs> just because we were having trouble scoring, just yeah. like, like playing so tight that kind of limiting yourselves where, if you know you have someone back there, it's, you know, we'll give up some chances, but we're also going to take some and, yeah. and our goalie will stop more than your goalie. So that's how we're going to win some games. So, 
<laughs> that's kind of how I, I, I felt like that's how the BCHL was. It was a lot of run and gun, like really, really high school forwards, a lot of high scoring games in that league. No. Yeah, it's, it is. And then if teams like guys, our year went on, obviously our goals against went right down and it was a combination yeah. of, of a lot of things, but I think the teams that started playing and with more structure and, and uh, you know, guys buying into their roles, uh, Mm-hmm. Kind of, it, uh, it definitely, you know, the teams that could play as a team down the stretch of the, where the team's winning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the game, I, I spoke to Kyle Wallach from Vermont and, and, you know, the rest was history for me there. I ended up committing closer to Christmas, but did you, did you actually know that he was coming to that game? Did he tell you? You know what? I, I, I knew he was in the area, but I wasn't sure. If he <laughs> was, was he for something else or? No, I knew he was like scouting bchl but he didn't really t- i don't oh. think he told me he was coming to that game for sure he said i'd see i'll see you sometime this weekend or whatever yeah he wasn't sure what his schedule was gonna be yeah and i think he just ended up sticking probably because you were there because he was probably gonna go somewhere else and then once caught word on the when he left came in on they, they probably came in and into vancouver and that weekend and it was kind of the easy game to get to that night yeah and uh i saw him up be warm up and then you know obviously wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. And, you know, he ended up watching a lot of our games that year as, as a, you know, more than oh, yeah. the three or four players went to Vermont off that team. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, we became a, a pipeline that yeah. year. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, after the first few games, you know, you traded for uh Brady Shaw, which was huge. You know, you talk about uh, tightening things up on the back end and then also coming up with some production. And, and after you picked him up, you know, it, it seemed just like everyone came to life and, and we went on to tear, you know, just causing massive parity in the league going from, you know, what well, was almost all the way to last place to, to first by mid-year. But if you remember the deadline, uh, you, you brought me into the room uh, when we were on the road. And, and if you remember Ferguson, the other goalie, he had gone down like a month or two beforehand because he had like a career-ending concussion or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but we were just... <laughs> We were just, uh, but we were just playing me the whole time and calling up a junior B goalie every game. Um, but do you remember that conversation we had about getting another? Like you asked me, you're like, "Hey, should we get another goalie? Like, are you good, or should we do? Should we get another forward? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember we had one. You have a limited number of cards and stuff, and I think at the time we were down to one card left because we had some other, again, another defenseman at the time because we had some injuries and. And the junior B thing, well, at the time it was working. I mean, I was lucky to have some good contacts with some teams that let me use their goalies and, you know, started them the odd time. And, yeah. and but, you know, obviously get some experience, but it's kind of a risky situation because you could have a really good team. And if something happened to you, not having a kind of a junior A caliber goalie as a second string, kind of rolled the dice, yeah. to be honest, and said, well, oh, we did. We just kind of said, well, if we're going to win, we need one more guy that can score. And yes. if, and if something happens to Mike, then we're not going to win anyway. So let's, let's just roll the dice and go with it. <laughs> Is that actually in your head what you're thinking? I thought so. Like I thought like our decor, obviously with, with a taser and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, Klimek and Oki, like we were pretty, pretty steady back there and yeah, our forward yeah. lines were good but you know if you have the opportunity to get one of the best goal scorers in the league I think that was kind of between I don't think you knew who I was talking about getting but you know no I had of, no idea at the time like I because I wasn't familiar with the league you know and I was so I was kind of like I can get one of the best goal scorers in the league and let's roll the dice over you know getting a guy that might just be a backup the whole year yeah uh, so yeah. I kind of 
went with the I guess so it went with the uh the goal scorer and I mean obviously that worked out pretty well well that will be a, you know that'll be an interesting point later for everybody listening so we ended up trading for uh for one of the best forwards in the league Adam Tambellini uh who went on to North Dakota and I think's in the American Hockey League now but um we managed to go back and forth uh went in first place all year until the end of the season um and if you remember the last game of the season you know nobody clearly wanted to like play that game or thought they had to play meanwhile we we hadn't really clinched first place yet like in the league and uh if you remember like nobody was really playing i i remember it like i remember obviously clear as day uh, but we managed to kind of squeak out a tie and then we lost an ot um but but which by was by the way was only one of a handful of ot losses we had all season which we'll we'll also talk about but i remember a I, I, if you remember, I stormed out of the rink and I like banged my stick on the glass. And that was probably like the, the biggest public meltdown I think I've ever had in my career, to be honest. But um, you, you remember when, what were you thinking when that happened? You remember that? Yeah, I remember, I remember, I, I knew the circumstances of the game. Like if we won outright, we had, we were clearly the number one yeah. seed. And for whatever reason, I think it might've been the third game in three nights. It was just, we just didn't have whole lot going on and yeah and I, I think it was against Coquitlam as well where they yeah it was and they were kind of it was just one of those they didn't they weren't playing any D I think it was it was just run and gun and and we like you said we were able to tie it up late which ultimately gave us that point that gave us home ice and the number one seed but it was yeah. it was just I knew I think me and you were the only two who knew how badly the point was needed. Oh time. my God. I was, I was so pissed after, right? Cause like we hadn't clinched first yet. And after the, the, and after the game, Penticton actually ended up winning or like tying or something. And if we didn't get that point, we wouldn't have clinched first and home ice in the finals, which in my opinion was one of the main reasons why we won the final series when we got there. Right. So just yeah, gave the guys a bit of a kick in the butt. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think some of the, like looking back, I know we, we went on a huge run the weekend before on the island and swept the island and that, that won us the conference. And I think some of the players were like, Oh good, we won the conference, not thinking about <laughs> the bigger pictures. So the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, leading into our first game, like in the playoffs after that, right. Cause that was right. That was literally the last game of the season. We clinched first. So we go from almost last to first clinch by a point. Uh, we, we won the first game one nothing in the series opener, and then we lose one nothing uh, game two. And then we go on a 12-game win streak all the way to the finals with eight of those games being won in OT or like six or eight or something, like something crazy, if you remember. Yeah. Um, but what, what do you think we're such a, a, you know, why do you think we were such a good OT team that season? Like, I think at the end of the year and everything, including playoffs, we only lost like three or four OT games, one of them being in the RBC semis. But we almost won like 20, 20 games in OT or something like that. Like, why do you think we were so successful? Uh, probably a couple reasons. I mean, I like to think that I we played played our bench a lot. So, like, some yeah, of like during top, the game role during more. the game we rolled quite a bit. Um, yeah. So and we were fast. So I I like to think we wore some teams down. So by the yeah. time I got to overtime, I thought we were more fresh than the other team a lot of the time. Yeah. And. I mean, you know, it's like a, one of those runs you get, you get some bounces along the way too. I think even in the finals, we got a oh, bounce or sure. Alberni, we got a bounce off the end glass that pops out in front. And it's kind of just <laughs> one of those things. I think when you go on one of those runs, you're obviously going to get some bounces along the way. 
And right. so, you know, we got some big saves by you. We had some, we had goal scorers that could, that could score with one shot. Yep. I think that's a big thing. Like we didn't have to, you know, put sustained pressure on. We had some guys that could come down off the rush and finish the game on one shot. Yeah. So I think that's a, another reason why, you know, we were able to have some success where maybe some of those games we were probably lucky to win, but at the same time, I think we just had the right, right ingredients that kind of led to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess fast forward to the final series against uh, Penticton. Um, but because we clinched first place going from, you know, last in the league all the way to the start of the year to first by one point, Penticton had to come to our barn uh, the first two games. And they just didn't they I think they came off winning the RBC the year before, right? Yeah, I think they they'd won the year before, and, and they're a, yeah. I'm a notorious powerhouse in the in Canadian junior hockey. Uh, yeah, just you know, and their professionalism, their building the players yeah. they move on to college and pro hockey. It's kind of that you know one of those franchises that like if you're gonna win, it's kind of nice that we beat them. To be honest, it's kind of one of those yeah like beat beating them, and you know it was kind of kind of a cherry on top for that year yeah because it was like there's literally nobody else better in canada other than like brooks right at the time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah well i guess uh you know they, they come to our barn in the first two games and i think that was huge obviously because uh you know they had 17 d1 commits the most in canada and we had i think the next most at like 14 or something but we beat them uh game one three two and then game two i had a 50 save shutout and we won that game two nothing, but maybe just you know like <laughs> that game was was crazy, right? But maybe just take us through your thoughts, you know, as a coach as the game uh, as the game progressed, and and um, yeah, I just I'm, I'm curious what you're thinking when that game happened. <laughs> yeah, a team like that, and especially when you get to the finals, like every win's such a big win, such a hard win to to win. So at the first game, yeah. I think we were we were we were deadly on the power play. They took some penalties, and we were capitalizing. I want to say we had two five on three goals that game. Um, yeah, after, I think that's just off memory. I think we did. I, yeah, I, I, I like think we did. Yeah, and we kind of got off them, got them off their game a little bit. Um, yeah. In game one and then game two, I think because of that, they came out really all over us. And I remember <laughs> thinking at the time, like, well, it's one one after you know one one after two. We just got to steal one in their building. So they're thinking right. like this is if we win this is we they're better than us tonight. But I mean, we oh, so in your head you're already kind of you're almost chalking it up as a loss. <laughs> well, this no no I I think I was I wasn't talking. I was just thinking like I know it's going to be a hard game to win after the first period. Right. Like they right. they're they're all playing us, so we just got to find a way. However that is to win this game, I don't know yeah. how, but we're gonna we're gonna find a way. <laughs> so yeah. Well, do you, do you think, you know, kind of talking about that game, right? Because obviously we were, we were out man, but there were a couple guys that kind of came up big with some goals and, and I came up with some big saves there. Right. But do you think we still eventually win the Fred cage? Do you think we still eventually win the Fred page cup? If we lose one of those first two home games at home. It's a tough one, but it, winning in Penticton, like it's hard to do that more than once in my opinion. So yeah. it would have been definitely a lot tougher having to win probably two games there. Um, yeah. So I, you know, getting the first two at home, it, it's kind of like we did our job. You're supposed to win yeah. at home. So it was yeah, kind of exactly. like, you know, we'll see how they do. If we can, if we can find a way to sneak one out there in games three or four, then we're in great shape, but you know, they did their job <laughs> in a way. And it yeah. was, it was two, two after, after four and they won a, 
I think they probably won a game that we outplayed them a little bit in game three or four. I can't remember which one. Yeah. I thought we played really yeah. well and they beat us by a goal late. So it was kind of like, you know, it's probably fair that it's two, two right now after four. Yeah. I think I remember, is it, is it the one where like, like nanny went down to the goal line, he dished it to the slot and the guy just went top shelf on me or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it was, I can't remember exactly, but I know it was, uh, I felt after four it was probably pretty fair that it was two two, based. Yeah, on yeah, it was uh, unreal grind, man. Yeah, like you said, so Penticton went to Penticton for two games, lose by a goal twice. I think we lost like two one and then three two, and then coming back home for game five and winning in game five. Um, you but you said to me back then, well after it was all done, but you said if you knew if we won game five we'd win the series. Why why did you say that to me? I don't know. I think I thought we just had that once it was OT and we'd won all those games in OT, I think it was just like a confidence. Like I just, could you just feel it in the room? Like if we can get this and we're one, we're one went away. We'll, we'll find a way to win one of the next two yeah. games. That was kind yeah. of my mentality. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't so think, I, guess, I don't uh, think we had lost. I don't think we'd lost two games in a row since like November or December. I just, oh, really? I just like, <laughs> Oh, you're right. Really. Actually. Yeah. So I, th- yeah, I remember yeah, not yeah. losing I, I two games. I, uh, yeah. So I kind of yeah sorry I think we just had that that feeling in our heads like we don't lose two games in a row so it's no. if we can get game five then you know we'd have to lose two games in a row so no I I definitely like took pride in that like throughout the year like whenever we would you know I I, I think I think my save I think my winning percentage is like seventy or something around around there but I knew that like I'd always have like three good games and then I'd have like that fourth game where I'd be like okay and we'd kind of lose or like yeah. we would squeeze it out and I'm like yeah. okay come back and then we we'd figure it out. Right. But I guess, uh, you know, we went, we win game five in OT on a, on a, you know, kind of a fluke play I mean, it's like talk about bounces. Right. But, you know, I guess spoiler alert, but not really. We, we, we win in OT in game five and go back to Penticton, right? 3000 people sold out rank in the interior of British Columbia. And, and we come out and score in like literally the first 25 or 30 seconds of the game. If you remember, we just like completely flattened them. Hey, you remember that? Yeah. We got a, it was a great rush goal. I remember right off the hop, just the, almost like that confidence from the game before. Yeah. It was just like full go. We got out to that lead and, you know, they were playing desperate hockey too. So it was kind of nice to get, get that lead early and, and kind of, yes, you know, just relax a bit, not have to play from behind. Cause I think the first yeah. two games we, we were there, we were playing from behind the whole game. So it was yeah. kind of nice to have the lead, not knowing where, where it was going to go, but just kind of, the confidence to, to know we could win there and get a, yeah. get a, oh, get yeah. an early lead. So, yeah. And then we, we had a battle of a game and we score with, we scored with like two minutes left to go up two one Fred, Fred page cop game six. And then they come back and score with like 30 seconds left or something to tie it. Send it. I still, I still, to this day, I, I don't know how they scored to this day. It, I know it, it was one of those weird bounces. Like guys took a slap shot, I think from the far well, he, 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 he pinballed he shot or something it, like, yeah. and then there was there was so, and then it hit something in front. There was like four of us, four or five of us, and it hit something in front and went in. And then I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, it was kind of like we had worked so hard to get that that go ahead goal, and yeah. it was like right away was like taken away. But I, looking back, I don't think it was like really anybody's fault. It was just like a weird bounce that like end of the game. There's five six people standing in front of the net, like. Yeah, could hit a shin pad and go in the corner and it's over. Right. <laughs> but it was just yeah. uh, 
definitely is probably good it happened so late though because it kind of gave us an intermission right after just to yeah re- to, to, to chill out yeah. and like i remember i remember being in the intermission and i'm literally like saying to the boys i'm like we're winning tonight yeah everybody get that in their head right now we're winning this game let's go out and win this game i, I and, and actually on that before we keep going <laughs> i want to just talk about you you're probably the most mellow coach i've ever had come in for like intermissions and like talks like i remember there were nights we would just get like pumped and you would come in and you just make us all feel like <laughs> you would just be like i don't know what we're doing guys yeah go out there you know nobody wants yeah. to do this yeah why well, i always feel <laughs> why, like why do you why just, do you like that style <laughs> i don't know i just felt like if you just if you yell too much or get too worked up maybe like you gotta kind of be the calming influence where yeah. If I'm worked up in their intermission, maybe a, maybe a couple of our players get too nervous or worked up, like just kind of right. keep it relaxed. I know when I played, I like just to be relaxed and don't want to have to think about too many things. So it was kind of yeah. save the, save the stern talks more or less in private for people, I yeah. think, and you get a little bit more respect in the communication between players and just kind of like what's the point of yelling right there? Like nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that that uh, it resonated with me, man. I, I I honestly think it had a tremendous impact on our composure. You know, it really, really did. Because I never had a coach that that acted like that again, and and the volatility inside the room was just crazy. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, going into OT, obviously, right? We had a crazy OT like for that game, final game, game six. We go to double OT and, and maybe you could just take us through the last play before we, we scored to close it out and tell everybody who scored the goal well, as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, that was a back and forth OT. There was their goalie as well as yourself made a couple, like I thought the game was over type saves where you're like, <laughs> okay, well we're still going here. And uh, yeah, we, so that, that winning goal was actually started off a D zone face off. I think we won it back and rimmed it around to, um, out the side and I think two of our three kind of playoff or in season acquisitions, Brady Shaw and, and uh, Tambellini were on the ice that, uh, at the time. And we were able yeah. to, to get the puck behind their net uh, just kind of around the wall and D'Amico and noon, another one of our players uh, made a nice little move. Um, yeah. He, he got a turnover. Yeah. He, he stopped the, them from breaking out. Yeah. Picked he it off. Turnover and, and then he was kind of going back behind the net. And before he got to behind the net, threw it out kind of short side. And uh, no Tam- lucker. Tambellini was right in the slot. And if you knew Adam Tambellini, you know he had one of the best shots in junior hockey at the time and kind of wasted no time. It was in and out of that net so quick. It was kind of like, oh, yeah. I look over. It's like, that went in, right? Like, it was, they, they, <laughs> they, they knew it went in right, on, right away on the ice. But it was kind of, it was from there, it was just a kind of uh, a mass. Uh, dog pile on the ice with all the players yeah. and kind of that uh kind of just that i don't want to say weight off your shoulders but kind of that just like the whole year just kind of just flash before kind of flash yeah you know we, yeah. we we did it kind of thing right because no one no one thought four months earlier we were going to so it's kind of one of those no. one of those feelings where you're just like okay well kind of proved everybody wrong so yeah it's kind of a nice feeling yeah yeah i know it was a good one man it was uh very cool. So for everybody listening, that that trade that Matt made at the deadline, uh, the guy we traded for at the trade trade deadline took a chance and he scored the double OT thriller, and we win the Fred Page Cup. And and um, you know that's he's actually uh, he's playing in Sweden now. Actually, oh is he? Yeah, he's uh, 
played for Team Canada in the Spangler Cup last Christmas, and uh, it's kind of I think he stayed over there. He's playing in the uh, Swedish Elite League, I think, right now. So. Yeah. How did uh? I'm I'm just curious for you, right? You know, just a couple of years. Like, I mean, even for me, you know, like we're knocking on the doorstep of a of a championship for like a couple of years. Like, how'd that feel for you after starting off the year the way it did? Did you ever like imagine that that could happen? Yeah, it wasn't until later in the year when I was like, "Hey, we got a chance here." And yeah, but uh, I mean, to win, you need a lot of things to go right, right? So it's kind of yeah, for sure. Um, basically, I knew we had basically we had a chance, but you know, in terms of what we're, like I said, need need timely goals, need the other teams to things to happen. You know, everything has to go right that year, so we were able yeah. to. Kind of, you know, and all the, I guess all my trades paid off because everybody that I traded for picked up all our big. Everybody, big, dude. Yeah. Everybody. And I remember too, just, I remember you traded like a bunch of futures away too, right? It was like Clement. It was like the our best young guys. Like, Yeah, it was all in that year. It was kind of like once you realize that this is, I said, I remember saying to someone like, you don't get this chance very often to be cl- like yeah. when I knew we were close. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have to, you know give up Sell some the future of the team <laughs> basically give up some of our future stars off our team to to go for it because you never yeah. really know when you're going to get close again because i think some people and teams are always kind of like oh well, maybe next year next year not yeah, my, I mean, my, too conservative, my, my thought was like if you know you have a chance go for it like yeah it's it's I, same with nhl teams like Tampa last year gave up first round picks for people like why are they trading first round picks for like yeah, third for and, third liners and whatever. I was like, if you got a chance, go for it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it worked out, right? Yeah. If you don't, at least you know you went for it. So Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, I you know, it's and you say that right, you know, you you uh <laughs> it's it, championships are hard not even just chant but but final like playoff berths are even just hard to come by in themselves, let alone championships. But you know, I guess for other goalies like striving out there, trying to bring some value to to obviously everybody listening, like within this story, right? People trying to become championship goaltenders. Like, what do you think that that I possess that allowed me to be successful that season and, and find a way to win a championship with our team? To be honest, I think it's how hard that you compete in practice. I think that's I find yeah. a lot of even in my youth right now, a lot of goalies they all they want like the perfect setup like they want the drill, right. the drill to be like good for them all the time where it's going to yeah. be like okay this is where the rebound's going to go or you know okay it's a warm-up drill it's a two-on-oh it's kind of for the players but like i remember you never really wanted to let a goal in ever you didn't matter if there's rebounds or rebound at the end of the game <laughs> and i've had other goalies where it's kind of like they just take it for granted like well compete yeah. like just the most the best hockey players are competitive like, like the best yeah. goalies yeah. are competitive like you can have all the tools in the world, but if you're not going to compete, like you're going to get into a game, you can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden be competitive. I think you need to be exactly. competitive right from practice, right? And and that group of players that year, whether it's like Taze or Shaw or Tambo or those guys, like they're all really competitive players. That's kind of yeah. why it, you know, they all, they're all in their different way. Some are yeah. quiet, some are, you know, more outspoken, but the, at the end of the day, the main thing they all had was competitiveness, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I honest, I'm glad that you brought up that word. That's in, in my opinion, it's the same thing, right? Like, do you, do you remember in the playoffs when I wanted, to, we had like Monday off, like we'd swept somebody and we had like Mondays off and I, and like I came to the rink to like, 
or I went to go like do something with Fuchs, Rob Fuchs, a goalie coach there yeah. with uh, performance. Yeah. And, and I remember you saying to me, like you, you said something to me, like, what are you doing? Or remember that? You'd have to, I, I don't. Yeah. Remember so. we had a conversation cause you were like, you were, you were basically saying to me, like, cause we were in the playoffs and then I was still like doubling down on like my training. Right. Yeah. I think and, I was, I was worried about maybe you doing too much in terms of like, like just, and then you, I remember you saying something like, this is the, my, this gets me ready for the games. I was like, okay, <laughs> if it gets you ready for the games, <laughs> go ahead. I was just concerned knowing I only had one goalie. Like if something yeah, happens, no, like, I don't want you to tweak a back or groin or anything and be like, not at top. Yeah. Whatever. No, so. you know what? I, and I think that absolutely was a risk, you know, but I think for me, like, as you saw, as kind of the playoffs wore on. There was just some guys that kind of lost that edge a bit, you know, because yeah. because they're not keeping up with anything. You know, you're like, oh, it's playoffs. I don't got to do anything. But, dude, the playoffs are – how long was the playoffs for? It's like three months long yeah. or something, wasn't it? Yeah, if you don't continue <laughs> to work out, eat right, and all that, it's going to catch up to you by the halfway through. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, I'm going to just play hockey for these three months, right? So Yeah. Between that and your skate sharpening, I think that was probably the biggest thing, right? <laughs> I mean, we talked about that. Your, your dad yeah, no, we haven't no, I remember actually that was man. I still to this day, skate's most important thing in my life ever. Like, oh my god! And I, you remember, I went to that one guy. Yeah. Uh, do you Bruce. actually remember his name? I can't even remember the guy's I mean, name. Bruce's Edge. He does it, and he still does it in South Surrey. He's oh like, yeah, 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 in his house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. My skates were like quarter inch offset, like basically like an eighth, like. But I ripped around, man. I, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I wanted my feet to be and like, well, I so anyways, dad, I, guess I remember your dad was the only guy that could do it in terms of like outside of that guy. So he was <laughs> the Western Canadians and RBC. He's ripping around trying to make sure your blades are good. And that's kind of before you'd have like nowadays guys have like two or three sets of blades and yeah. have them set up but that, at that time. I think it was still like. You got to take them out. It's a, still a process. It was a process still. Oh, yeah. I was like the first kind of sets of like replaceable b blades back in like 13, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, we went on to win the, the inaugural Western Canada Cup in Nanaimo in BC. Uh, inaugural. Uh, well, they don't even have it anymore. No, they went back to like the BC Alberta playoffs. Why did they go back to that? Um, Not completely sure. I think it was because BC Alberta kept on getting the bursts maybe and then oh. the saskatchewan manitoba weren't weren't there i actually don't know that for sure or it might have just been like they didn't want to have like teams go away for like 14 days and then have to go away again for 14 days right after oh money wise just the travel and the money probably i'm guessing yeah. i actually don't know why but yeah yeah and then we got our bid to the rbc cup though after being the brooks bandits in the finals in the western canada uh, cup but we went uh three one in the round robin I believe. And I had two shutouts tying an RBC tournament record, which was pretty cool. And then maybe just uh, explain to everyone the kind of game, you know, let's talk about the, the RBC cup, the semifinals uh, when, when we lost. I mean, OT. It, I mean, it was a great hockey game. If you're looking at it from just, I think it was three, two in overtime. We lost yeah. one of the rare overtime, double lost, overtime, double overtime. Yeah. And uh, it was almost like what we had done to everybody else all year someone else did to us basically yeah. uh i'm not one about bitter about officiating but there i thought it was a little bit uh 
We didn't get any. Yeah, no, we definitely, and, and we then, definitely didn't get any breaks that game, and even Taser got hurt, got ran from behind, and he didn't even play in the third period overtimes. Oh, know. he didn't. No, I don't think he played in at the end there. So, he, oh, well, no for way. those known as Devontae's who plays in Colorado now in the Islanders, he was top defenseman I think at the RBC that year, and when, when Michael was uh, was top goalie, so it was kind of uh, you know huge piece. But at that time, I think everybody was kind of hurt hurt a bit <laughs> for, yeah, sure. for sure but yeah, uh yeah no it was it was kind of bitter at the time of just how it went down because you've been so far but yeah. i honestly don't look at that year as we lost in the rbc i kind of look no. at it more as the we won the bchl and made it there and yeah absolutely you know, only one team in canada wins so to be one of the final three is uh yeah <laughs> pretty good <laughs> yeah i know it was uh, a cool feat man it was just crazy you know how far i remember that final game i literally like i remember killing we, we killed off like two five on threes or something like that i think they came they both came in ot too or something like that yeah i mean it was kind of one of those ones where i think we, we knew have... like even i knew i remember in my head like i'm like okay like this game was not meant for us to win but we're gonna win this game you yeah. know what i mean like i had that in my head that the refs basically make... and then the ref kept coming over to me and like trying to be my buddy <laughs> and I'm like dying. I like literally can't even breathe because we're killing off penalties all game. And he's like, I'm like, what are you doing here? Get away from me. Like, yeah. That's uh, bitter at the time. I'm past it now, but it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, almost 10 years ago now. Eh? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I, you know, I'm curious. You know, we kind of chatted about it earlier. Your, your, your GM, your gift as a GM of, of putting teams together, like, like, what do you look for in goalies specifically, I guess, that you know will, will translate to, to success on the ice when you bring them in? Like, is it that you look for that compete level? Is that your kind of, like, save percentage and compete, like what you said? Well, that's back now. Like, obviously, there's way more analytics and stats yeah. that, that are and, – and to be honest, probably better record-keeping of shots and stuff because some sure. leagues are always, you know, certain goalies always have a high save percentage because they're – they count shots more at their rank or not as hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of variables to it, but I think the the competitiveness is a big thing. Um, and at that time, like video wasn't that big then. Like it was just kind of starting, like the broadcast of all the games and all that. Right. So right. it was it was just watching a lot of games to be honest and getting a feel. And you know, you always look for you know the goals that kind of go through goalies. So those are always kind of a one of those right. ones so you're like, basically looking for goalies that are stopping everything they should and yeah and some they i mean you're gonna let in the odd bad goal but if there's consistent things where you always see them going through their hands or you know you know that's probably uh you know something that's going to keep on happening where yeah you know some guys have off days with angles or rebound control and however right. it is i'm not a goalie guy by any means but just kind of you sure. can you get a and i also think like one underrated thing about yourself that no one talks about is your puck handling for us. Like we played in a big rink and like, like we had some smaller D and, and a lot of our teams, like it's like a lot of our breakouts got started by you because you know, if you go out, stop the puck, play the puck. And that was something that I looked for too. Cause you know, I, I was a defenseman, so I didn't like when goalies didn't play the puck to me or I'm I'm going back to the corner and, getting hit for no reason like you know i was kind of thinking as a defenseman like what i liked as a goalie behind me too so yeah yeah no i it's funny actually man you know what as i got into like college hockey and like in like pro the game obviously gets like way quicker right yeah 
So I, I, that was a huge part of my identity, like pre-college. And then when I went to college, it was like the game just got like so fast that I actually, I still played the puck like a lot, but I not as, not as much or like as, as, as I did like in junior, I literally came out and like D would just stay in the corner and I would draw a guy. I think I had like a few assists that year too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's faster. So I'm, I'm sure in college, you're basically just trying to make a quick first play and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. You don't have that you time. Know, you have much time or space, but. You know, you don't want to be that guy giving the puck away and oh, no. get, get an no, easy no, no, goal because no. I know in college the goals are hard to come by. So you don't want to give yeah. any freebies, right? So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's definitely for us at the time was something that I looked for just to. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, and, and just really everybody listening, you know, that was, that was something that like helped me stand out, right? Because, you know, you're like a small guy, but, you know, okay, he plays the puck exceptionally well, right? Well, that's something that if he can stop all the pucks that a bigger guy can, then all of a sudden you're bringing something to the table that, right, not other guys are, you know? So yeah. I th- you got to be, everybody, you know, listening, you got to be thinking about your identity. Like what makes you, what makes you different from other people? Like in each skill that you have, like what's your identity, right? Um, but I guess for goalies, like looking, you know, and we kind of touching it, but looking to make that transition to like the next level where they're, they're double A trying to go to triple A or triple A trying to crack junior, junior B trying to go junior A or junior to college, college pro, et cetera. Um, you know, the, and, and goalies like trying to pursue championships, right? Like you, you talked about, you know, compete level, right? Um, but what do you think is the biggest thing you think coaches look for at the D1 level to see if like you'll translate well to, to college? Right? Like, like, like what was Kyle Wallach and Ben Sire and all these scouts that, that came to you regarding goalies? Like what were some of the things that they typically look for? Yeah, I think the competitive, but also like it's used a lot for players, but I don't hear it as much for goalies. I'm probably out of the loop a little bit, but it's just like hockey IQ, like being able to read yeah, the play, being, sure. being able to read the play. Like you're, you're obviously what five, seven, I'm guessing, or whatever. whatever yeah, on a good day. So for me, the one thing I remember about you was you didn't go down unless you had to. Like, so you yeah. didn't, you didn't play small, even though you were small, you could have, yeah. you played like your six feet. Cause a lot of those six foot goalies went down in the butterfly every single shot and yeah. their shoulders were the same height as yours anyway. So I think just being able to read the play and read what's happening and knowing like you got to study the game, you need to know yeah. t- tendencies of players and what hand they shoot. And like it just like all those finer details, I think are what separates, you know, the best guys, like, you know, in what hand this guy shoots or the power mm. play, are you in the meetings, like making sure you know exactly what their tendencies yeah. are. And that's going to give you a leg up on just, you know, being able to read the play before it happens. Um, yes. And not just, yeah. not just guessing and reacting all the time, but kind of being a little bit more, you know, well, you're, you, you you're in charge of situations. So, you, you know, you talked about how you had that IQ, right. And I, and I think honestly, Tough to make it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that hockey IQ, just being a student of the game, understanding like the dynamics of the game, understanding how to read cues and stuff like that. You, you really can't get to the next level without that. Eh? Yeah. I mean, the odd player or whatever can, I think, because yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they're huge and can skate and are tough or whatever. Yeah, they, they, have, part, right? they, they, they have a part, right? They have a guy or like a you know, rocket of a shot and, and yeah. they, they have something really special that separates themselves. But for the yeah. most part, you look at the, you know, the best players in the world are also the smartest players in the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then during your time in the WHL, what do you think was, what do you think was like the hardest part for young goalies typically trying to transition to the major junior uh, level with uh, the Vancouver Giants? Yeah. You know what? 
it's it's a little bit different because you think WHL is like it's it's a league up, but it's also a younger league, which is people don't think of right off the hop. Oh, like, right, right, right. Because like, you, you get drafted like fifteen, right? Well, not only that, you're only allowed three twenty year olds, and and like so. Oh, I think like there's a lot of younger goalies at times where yeah you know almost every team at the time in the bchl had a 19 20 year old goalie and you know it was an older position so i think it's probably just making that initial jump and obviously the western hockey league whether it's whl or ohl like those guys are aspiring pro players at you know 19 20 not that the bchl is not but they're most of them are looking to go to college first to have more of a longer development plan not a short-term thing so i just think you know just if you're going from midget or whatever to the Western Hockey League, just the caliber of some of those older players in that league that are already, you know, NHL drafted players and stuff. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a huge step, right? So it's, uh, you really got to be, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to succeed for sure. Yeah. As a, as a young guy for, for so I guess for goalies looking to make that transition, right. Um, like what's something you suggest they start working on today that you think that, that coaches will want to see, like when, when they make that jump to the WHL. I think just in general, like being an athlete, like yeah. not just playing hockey, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What, what, you know, it is like some, it's amazing how many kids that even some of the kids I work with now that are, you know, really good players that are 12, 13 years old, but they can't like throw a football or they can't, you see them playing, shooting a basketball and it's like uncoordinated. They're great hockey players, but I think you just right. got to, you got to become an all around athlete and student of the game, in my yeah. opinion, just in you know, be quickness and be able to catch something, be able to, you know, hand eye coordination, all those yeah. things that you can kind of, you know, will, will translate to hockey that maybe aren't just hockey related right off what you'd think of right away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, you have any, uh, we're, we're at the end of the show here. You yeah. have any last words of advice for everyone listening at home that you feel passionate about sharing? No, I, I think just, you look at, you know, I was a bit of a late bloomer and, you know, you had size and, late bloomer thing i just don't really give up don't give up would be a big thing for me just you know your time will come if you put the time into it and work into it and uh i mean obviously you need some help along the way and you need to have that base skill set but at the same time i think i think you just got to stick with it and and make sure you enjoy the game don't Mm. uh you know don't get you know for parents and stuff don't put so much pressure on at such a young age for to do things i think the like knowing your dad and stuff like you know obviously there's going to be internal pressure and pressure when you know you're a good player but i think just don't put any unneeded pressure on like i think you got to enjoy coming to the rink and if you do that you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna have more success for sure yeah yeah well thanks coach uh uh, so much for for coming on the show buddy it was amazing to catch up and obviously just go through our story together and get to relive that a bit uh but to show you know, show everyone how tight it was really all year and all the crazy bounces that happened along the way. And ultimately, hopefully today between uh, you and I we've provided some value on what it truly takes to, to be the best and, and lockdown championships. Right. So, yeah. Oh, thanks so, for having um, me on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm grateful for you going on, man. And maybe we'll have you back on the show somewhere down the road and, and maybe, maybe we'll bring, maybe we'll bring bachelor on the show or announcer if that's yeah. something interesting. Well, he, he's obviously he's the radio guy for the Canucks now, so he's made it through too. So he's uh, yeah, yeah. He's, I actually uh, reached out to him, and, and maybe maybe we'll do a special S three, and we'll kind of relive it again. Yeah, he could uh, <laughs> there, and and uh, you know, just uh, kind of you know, um, just that group and everything was was such a such a fun year, and, and uh, it's great to see that you're uh, 
kind of in the development uh, industry now, giving back to the younger goalies because yeah. through your experiences, it's uh, you know it's good to good pride for some role models to see. You don't have to be six two, six three to yeah to forge a little path in the game of hockey. Yeah, well, it's uh, the game's given a lot to me, and then it's uh, it's been fun kind of connecting with everybody and stuff like that. So. You know, we, you and I spoke about a 10-year reunion. I think it's in like two years. we got to figure that out, eh? Yeah. I don't know where it's going to be, but everybody's all over the place. But we'll find, uh, we'll find somewhere to get a little golf golf trip or something. Who knows? We'll figure yeah, well, it maybe, out. Maybe we'll have it. I mean, Surrey, maybe Surrey's not uh, you know, <laughs> the ideal place. <laughs> but <laughs> It just depends on where most of the guys are. You'd have to like – Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. Had I mean all, I, we had players I, I, from all over, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to kind of meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I let's, uh, we'll, we'll, you and I will connect. We'll try yeah. and figure something out, but Sounds uh, good. obviously best of luck and, and I wish uh, you and your family, uh, you know, uh, good health going forward. Great to re- reconnect. Like I said, yeah. you take care, stay safe right. and hopefully we'll get to chat again soon, man. You too. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. Is next week I have a, a, a friend of the show coming back on, and he was he was on the show for episode 11, and it ended up being one of the most downloaded episodes to date still. And that guest is Matt Smith. And uh, in this episode, Matt and I take questions sent in from each of our communities and conduct our first inaugural Goalie Hacks podcast duo Q&A segment on the show. And uh, this one turned out amazing as we discussed just tons of hot topics where, where me and Matt go back and forth discussing our views and opinions, as well as branching out a bit from each question, uh, each question to provide uh, even more value than what was intended. So this episode turned out amazing, and I'm really, really excited to release to you guys. You guys won't want to miss it, so make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast and... Just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, NeuroTracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month, and even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.